right, here we go. Episode three, Comfort Breeds Complacency. Today we got uh, a friend that I've known since high school. We went to high school together. We're in the same sport academy in high school just for different sports. So uh, episode three is Cole Richardson. Hey, Nick, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. It's been a bit for sure. Yeah, I uh, just want to have you on. I know you've had a pretty uh, different... Um, would you say sports career you've been through a couple different things but it's progressed but yeah I just want to maybe if you could start talking about uh where you started off playing hockey I know and uh so yeah hockey player I want to say oh man 16 or 17 years uh played you know Bantam like the, the the top teams the whole way through was pretty fortunate for that had really supportive parents um Caught the injury bug early. Seemed like every single season I was always, you know, dealing with a knee, a shoulder, a wrist, a concussion, something like that. Uh, and then finally had the opportunity, you know, to go play some junior here. Uh, Lloyd Minster, Canucks, stuff like that. Um, ended up kind of from there going to the States. And, you know, that was kind of where things were looking really good for me. Um, it was one of those things, you know, is like, is hockey what I wanted? Is hockey what I didn't want? And then when I hit about nineteen twenty. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll play hockey as long as I can. I love it. It was, it was fun. It was good. Um, so I was, was fortunate enough to play down in, in uh, Texas, El Paso. Um, we won a national championship. We had a great year. It was, it was so fun. Just probably the best year of personal growth I could have ever like wanted for hockey. Um, and opened up a couple of doors uh, for scholarships and actually you know, was fortunate enough to accept one. And then again, the, the lovely injury bug hits hit you once again um, at a practice, just kind of um, out of nowhere, just back pain. Our co- coach was a little bit of a hard ass, got to say. Um, and and uh, one practice, we were getting skated for about three straight hours, no pucks, no nothing. It was rough go. And uh, uh, after about an hour, I, my back just out of nowhere, kind of searing pain, um, didn't really go away, you know parents raised me my, my dad specifically raised me to be you know the tough kid so I don't care if your arm's severed from your body if it gets cut off you pick it up you get off the ice you do it after um, so I didn't say anything didn't really complain and then uh, as, as we got off the ice I kind of knew something was wrong and I went right from the rink to the to the hospital and was kind of told right then and there that uh, the career was over really? um, and scholarship is gone like you know European pro I pr- never would have gone you know to the NHL or something like that but was was definitely good enough to avoid, you know, a, a real job and, and have fun, pursue the passion for, for a good 15, 20 years. Um, and then kind of get back to the reality we call, you know, life. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, they told me I had three herniated discs in my uh, lumbar spine and degenerative disc disease to that of about a 80, 90-year-old um, at 21. So sitting in a hospital all by myself, no parents, no nothing. Kind of didn't want to, you know, you don't really want to believe it. Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of... It took took a took a U turn for sure on the life, but uh, we made the most of it. We're still here. We're we're kicking it. I guess we can probably get into that stuff later. But as far as hockey goes, I guess that would be the the, the best way to start off. Yeah. Was the injury uh, like one acute thing, or was it just a build up over time? Or that was the weird thing is they they couldn't really answer me. Um, they they said it was you know genetics, time acute maybe a little bit of uh of ongoing chronic stuff but i do know that i when i was i want to say 16 i I tore the annulus so like the outer ring of the disc in my in my lumbar spine um doing leg press and uh uh, that that was pretty much same kind of pain so so my my physio uh thinks that it was started there 
and kind of just as time went, I never really fixed it um, or did the proper rehab for it to to move through the injury properly. And then it just eventually gave out again. But three times is worse and uh, irreparable this time. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know uh, even talking about lifting, uh, I'm sure you learned, especially through NSA, like I know I did. Um, we learned as like young kids how to train as professional athletes, which I yeah. feel is like super valuable if you want athletics to be a part of your career or healthy lifestyle and everything. So I know like in baseball, we even the things that most athletes look over, we did a lot of like journaling stuff, mental training, all this stuff that like diet, nutrition, that like many athletes that are very good at what they do, but they might look over that to get to the next level. Totally. Do you want to kind of talk about NSA a bit in your experience there? Uh, NSA gave me really good backbone for, for a lot of things like professionalism, um, and more self accountability. Um, just, I never had to do that aside from when I was in high school, you know, like, yeah, your team, your, your coaches, your, your mental guys always try to let's look, let's watch video, let's do this kind of thing. But, but with NSA, we had to do specific journal entries and, and I had to give examples of like, you know, what did you do this week that you didn't do last week? Or what did you work on this week that you wanted to improve upon? And, and and it's funny is I never really took that through with hockey, um, but then when when everything kind of came to a, an, an end with hockey and, and the docs said, you know, you're never going to lift weights, never going to be active, you're never going to do this, kind of never, 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 and I was just kind of felt like put in a box, that's kind of when that stuff started happening more. Um, it took a year, of course, post-injury to, to kind of get there mentally um, after some some unfortunate things happened. You know, you, you when, when stuff like that happens, you, you believe it. You go, ah, I guess I'm screwed. Um, and so, you know, I put on a hundred pounds. I was not, not in a good mental place. Just, just, just life after sport. They say athletes have two deaths. The first one's your career. The second one's real life when you, when you kick the bucket here. Um, but, um, when I got into like the whole diet exercise and lifting for, for like health, as you say, you know, the whole lifestyle around NSA and what they taught us, that's really when I started using it and, and, you know, so like nutritional, um, books in my apps and stuff like tracking calories, making programs, following through on diets, program, like all that stuff came to be super relevant, um, with bodybuilding and, um, um, just even like small things like piano school in general. I don't know. It's just, it worked, it worked well to journal and to kind of inflect and reflect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Set a good base for everything yeah. to build upon. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that uh, transition kind of from hockey and then you got into bodybuilding, right, and competing, yeah. how did uh, that come about? Um, well, you know, the same as you do. I've seen you do a couple of crazy things on around the world, you know. Uh, you love being told you can't do something, right? Yeah. Why? Just push yourself. Because you want to do it more. Yeah, and so, exactly. so when somebody said, well, you're never going to lift again, you can't lift again, you can't be active, I kind of I went really like is, is it that people have life after injury and I don't really care what you deal with you know you lose an arm you lose a leg people work through it and if if you don't work through it my, my doctor called it the uh and and again I think it was the wheelchair mentality is mm. those who end up in a wheelchair and let themselves stay in a wheelchair will almost likely never get out of it whereas those who you know get injured always try to even if they don't get out of it and if they stay positive get up get up walk get up try to get out do their thing it, it'll, it's empowering. It, it's, you know, the, the likelihood to get out of that wheelchair or that situation at least is, is higher. Um, so that was kind of the thing for me is after a year of moping around, living from 
couch to bed to kitchen to toilet uh, to school. It was it was just like I got to do something here. And uh, my dad was a, was a big help in that. Um, and um, as soon as as soon as he kind of came and we chatted, we we said, well, you know, just lose some weight, just a little bit of weight, lose a little bit of weight. And then and all of a sudden, you know, ten pounds fell off, and mm, back feels better. Okay, and ten more pounds came off. Back feels better, and uh, uh, just kind of took its own form from there. I guess it, it started with just like a shoulder day, like super light. Then our arms in there, and then all of a sudden, I was doing two days on, one day off, three days on, one day off, and don't really know where it came from. Just out of kind of nowhere, it was just it was like okay, I'm in the gym seven days a week, twice a day. I'm running, I'm walking, I'm I'm lifting weights, and and, uh, and then I said to my dad, I said I think I want to do a show. And then we did the show, and uh, we did a second show, and uh, contemplating doing a third as we as we sit here, actually. So, couple couple things, but but man, no, it it definitely to me was the thing that that gave me the ability to say bye to hockey, because you know you you go out on your terms rather than a doctor's or or the universes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so so to be able to pursue something on your own and do it fully to yourselves ability like with hockey you know dad and i got into a couple of spitting wars once in a while and uh um but with bodybuilding it was just like your diet your meal prep your sleep everything was in check I, my head was down like and, and it sucks to say you know you you lose a little bit of friends you, you gain some friends it's just kind of what you need at the time but when you're so engulfed in something that you're very passionate about i you know it's it's not anybody else to take it away from yourself, but yours. And, you know, if you want to do it, you go do it, right? Yeah. So that's kind of where it started, I guess. Exactly. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I know, especially uh, in my case when I was playing, I played collegiate baseball and yeah. uh, same type of thing. I had I actually started in high school. I got a really bad concussion in intramural dodgeball and that uh, Good old dodgeball. set off for uh, – uh, just like hell, basically couldn't do anything for like six to eight months, and uh, just after that, I just kept getting concussions easier and easier, and I just had no confidence playing baseball, and I couldn't play the way I wanted to, and like it wasn't fair to me or the team to play like that. So unfortunately, I had to let that go. I just didn't feel like I could do it anymore, but I still really wanted to compete. So that's kind of how I got into the again, like in high school, if you were to say. You'd be doing ultra stuff, or yeah. like I don't even know what the hell ultra is. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's funny how path you just start with one decision, and then you can go down these roads that you like never knew were possible, or never even knew you'd enjoy. So, what what was the I guess the the first thing that you kind of said to yourself? I want to try that. What 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 was the the switch um, point when you well, stopped and started? Yeah, well, my my dad did uh, triathlons when I was a kid. Like I'd always see him. He was always been this huge cyclist, yeah. and I swam as a kid competitively, and uh, I was always like a big runner. And uh, so I thought maybe I'll just try a triathlon. And then this while I was still playing baseball, one weekend I just did like a sprint triathlon in Okotoks. Just over a weekend, you just gave it a try, hey? Yeah, just just <laughs> tried it, but like borrowed my dad's bike, and I remember thinking back. Because when I was swimming, I was pretty good back in the day, but yeah. uh, I hadn't swam in years. And just the like cocky naivety <laughs> of me is like, oh, I'm gonna start at the front with everybody. So yeah, you know, like we started, ran into the water, and like 400 meters in, like at the turnaround point, I'm like holy, I could barely stay up. Like I was yeah. about to drown. <laughs> Got out of the water, and like everybody's through the transition like super quick, and I'm 
I'm putting on my shoes and my socks. I'm like, how are they doing this so fast? Yeah. And then I, I mean, I did all right in it. Not great, but that just got me kind of hooked. Like, Oh, there's so much I can learn in this. And I've like enjoyed the racing part and being able to compete again and not worry as much. Like if you crash on the bike, obviously it's like the risk of concussion, but the actual sport itself isn't diving for a ball or getting hit by a ball or like whatever. It's so it's not injury. Yeah. Like, part of the sport, yeah, the yeah, injury. Yeah. So yeah, I was, that's kind of what got me into it. And then, um, yeah, I just got in with a good coach and, uh, Kelowna where I was just tried to find people to surround myself with and I lucked out surround myself with going to be a future Olympian who's training with us Brock Hole and just uh Ironman world champion for his age group Jamie and like just a whole bunch of different guys that are super talented our coach Luke Way but uh yeah that that kind of that was good to see that I could learn and progress from these guys, but I also realized that maybe competing in triathlon wasn't what was for me as far as I could see what they did. And they were just like smoking me and I'd put in (laughs) the same hours and training and they're still way ahead of me. Obviously they had more time doing it, but genes too, like genetics matter. Yeah, exactly. But then I did my ride across America and I just thought like, Oh, that, that's the kind of stuff I want to do. So that's yeah. how I've kind of shifted into the ultra stuff and still super new, still learning, but, um, yeah, no, I know how it, it's, it's like a big blow when you think your whole identity is one thing. And then all of a sudden it's just taken away from you. So, yeah, but yeah, I like, that's awesome that you were able to as well learn that you can't do the same more, but like I said, comfort breeze placing, not just be complacent and accept it. Like, keep pushing it's one of those things man where it's like you know like the what was it 10 to 15 years of your life is planned out already yeah. you don't really have to think of hey what if it's not yeah and and then when that moment happens if it does you know unfortunately or fortunately depending on the person it, it might be one of those moments of you, you need to hit your rock bottom because at the bottom you can't go lower and that was kind of what I what I feel like happened to me is you know when I was 305 pounds or 303 pounds and just pissed off at the world like why me why me why me that was kind of the only place i i needed to get to 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 get to where i am now because without that i don't think i would appreciate what i do now with Mm -hmm. life and i think that the biggest thing is is you have to want to help yourself too is i know i'm sure you deal with pain chronic injury chronic injury pain all the time i know i still do um but but again it's one of those things where as you know kind of dealing with it for longer and longer periods how to help it how to handle it how to manage it better and I don't know. I just don't let that put a damper on my life anymore. But but it it took a while to get there. Oh yeah, identity loss is is, is a big one. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I know, especially uh, like I've realized there's certain things I can't uh, do as much. Like yeah. I I still one day thought I would be playing football, and like you just kind of one day have to be like, oh, you know, I yep. I gotta just watch it now. Like I, I can't do nope, that. Totally. But you just find what you can do. I think yeah. is important. Yeah. And yeah, just not not lay down and die you know no it's to me it's like a diet you know yeah. you can't cut it out forever just do it less yeah moderation you know stuff like that it, it eventually it'll work itself out and you'll figure out something that works for you yeah which is nice so no golf for me same thing it's like once or twice a year it's good enough for me otherwise i'm in bed yeah <laughs> in bed with some pain twisting yeah exactly um yeah i, d- I did want to talk about uh 
talking about the diet, but uh, mm. especially discipline. Um, what what was so you competed in? Uh, it's men's physique. Is physique the, first, classic second. Okay. Yeah. So physique's the one with the longer shorts. Yeah, right? like, think more like a surfer board short type thing. So that was your first competition, the physique. Yeah, most most people would do that one first too, just because it's you, you know it's still need to be super dedicated, super all that stuff like that. That so much doesn't change. It's just it's you're not putting yourself out there so crazily if if you've never done bodybuilding before. It's it's at least easy enough to kind of figure out if you like the sport. Yeah, you know. Okay. So how you did the first show? How long is it from first to second show? Uh, March, I want to say thirteenth or fourteenth, and then November. So okay. Same year, November fourteenth. Also, I think. Okay. Yeah. So in this time, did you you had a coach, right? You have a coach. Oh yeah, so. Zach. Zach okay. Spencer was my coach. All right. Still a good buddy of mine today too. How does uh, how did that work with training? He would just give you workouts, and then you'd fall into a tea, or did you do your whole meal plan, nutrition too? Or so he he you know my degree being it's called physical literacy. So ironically, it's not Kines. Uh, very, very similar to Kines. Um, physical literacy is kind of like the whole idea of being fit for life, teaching people to, to kind of advocate for themselves, to be able to, to, to be fit, to run a diet, at least have enough knowledge to kind of handle it themselves. Um, and so with my degree, I, I did learn and, and know how to do the, the dieting aspect of things. So he didn't really give me two, two. He gave me macros to follow and calorie counts. And basically, I was able to set my own diet parameters as long as it hit those counts. Um, I always felt for me keto was good. Um, again, not an advocate for keto, not against keto. It's just, I function better on high fat. I find even still now, um, I still eat carbs. Of course, it was just one of those things that, that worked for me. But the first show, uh, as far as following things to a T super easy to go to the gym, super easy to go to the gym, super easy to get the cardio done. Um, the late night cravings, 11, 12 o'clock at night. As soon as you started getting into the, the nitty gritty calories, I I'll be honest with you. Um, first show, I definitely cheated on a little bit. You know, there's a little, little, little couple ex- extra almonds here and there. Um, I do remember I had one weekend where he went out of town and I totally took advantage of it. And Saturday night, I ordered a pizza. I remember it. And I typed, he didn't hear from me for four days. And he texted me. He goes, what did you eat? He goes, I know you did something because you haven't heard, I haven't heard from you. And he goes, and I only don't hear from you when you're not doing stuff. Oh, pardon me. And uh, I went, okay, you caught me. And I, I owned it. And he kind of said, well, I need to see what you look like. Otherwise, you know, we might not be able to do the show. And sure enough, it worked out okay. But it was just funny because he knew because, you know, he's done it too. Yeah. He's, he's done a, a fair share of shows. But, but you know, you, you hold yourself to this high, high standard. And, and people don't think it's like, oh, yeah, three almonds. They're not going to, it's not going to bother you. Or, or, or four pieces of pizza. It's like, you know what? It might not. It probably won't. The ideal situation yeah it won't but what happens if you go to that show you lose you got to sit there and say to yourself the almonds was it the almonds and the pizza right and and thank 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 god you know that that i was fortunate enough to say uh i came out of the first show with a win um but after the first show was done and we we knew i was going to do another one uh the second show was was took a took a vastly different form i can tell you that for sure yeah i remember uh i think it was like a it was around Christmas when everybody was like back in town. It mm. was the year before that second show of yours. I remember yep. we were at like a party together and uh, you weren't doing any, you were like on your yep. diet. I remember you talking, we were talking back and forth. I remember specifically you talking about, yeah, it's the difference between like an almond or two, the people that win. And I was thinking like, I, I feel for you. Cause I remember when I was, <laughs> I remember yeah. when I was doing, uh, when I first got into triathlon and I was training for, um, the world championships in switzerland for the age group yep. i was in uh 
it was the same. I was counting like to the T carbs and my fitness pal is my favorite app. And you're weighing your chicken, weighing everything. And like my life was basically just working. Like I work, skip the dishes driving. So I trained, skip the dishes and meal prep. I didn't see anybody. Yeah. I know I felt in like unreal shape and everything, but mentally I got to a point where like, it was so tough. Whereas like you said, you do break down sometimes. Yeah. And if I would have a day like that, it'd be like, Oh, well today's a write off. So I'm just going to yeah eat whatever today. One and then, meal was bad. Yeah. So let's yeah. do the next two. So two. Then, yeah. So then you make that a write off, but then those keep happening you can get into some mental trouble that way. But totally. it, uh, no, I, I respect that so much. All well, the what was your, uh, big meal? Chicken? Was it chicken? yeah chicken quinoa rice um sweet potatoes do you still like chicken yeah i i load it up <laughs> with some sauce now yeah yeah you do it burns my calories with training yeah. but i and i'm not worried specifically about the physique it's more just about performance but sure. i can see it's like i have so much respect for people who they're job is to look the best right because yeah. your body fluctuates so much i know oh. i can have like a little bit more salt and wake up in the morning and be like how many pounds i gain like yeah. you just blow up like yeah and just knowing all about like uh carbs and dehydrating and all that do you kind of want to talk about that like getting prepped for a show like once the training's done you're getting ready What's like the it, like? last kind of week yeah the kind lead of up kind of um yeah that was i would honestly tell you this is is any you could you could prep for a show for 16 weeks you could prep for 12 for 20 if you screw up peak week your whole prep doesn't matter it almost at all like you over carb up you underwater you, you have too much water or like any of those salts all that stuff you cramp on stage anything it's it's like okay you screwed up peak week <laughs> now what and and you kind of you can't really bounce back and that's the thing is they say peak week is the most important week um and and it's it's the easiest and hardest week at the same time um so you, you pretty much stop training altogether on like let's say the show's saturday just make it easy um you'd stop training on on a tuesday wednesday and those two days would be mostly one or two sets of bicep you would do one set or two of every muscle group it wouldn't be an actual workout there's a pump kind yeah of. and and because you've been going you know balls to the wall the whole 16 12 weeks you, you know, your coach, Zach, would say to me, um, I want you to leave two reps in the tank and, and leave in the gym. I'm like, this is, I, you know, I didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. Um, but you do it, but, but, but it was just weird just leaving one or two reps extra. It's like I've been training at 140% with 60% energy yeah. for so long, and now you're telling me to train at 60% energy. Uh, you know, like, okay, sure, I'll embrace it. Um, but the hardest part was the water. Uh, you drink so much water on peak week. It is ridiculous. You know, those big, uh, 40, 40 liter gallon jugs. Oh yeah. I was drinking one of those a day for, for one, four days straight. Really? Yeah. Like you, so you track your water all prep. And then on day one, you, you either 125% or 150% of the water intake. So you just will add 25 or 50%. Day two, you'll add more day three and four and so on and so forth. And then on the way out, pretty much the last day or two, you will gone water's cut and your body thinks oh i have all this extra water because all you've been doing is just you're cold you're fr- like you're frozen it's yeah. so funny you're just shivering because you have you have no fat on your body and you can barely eat because all you're doing is drinking so much water um and, and you must pee 30 40 times uh uh like i must have peed 45 50 times in one <laughs> or two days of those shows i'm not kidding you it's funny because because most of your days not even spent doing productive things. You have homework, you have things. Now you're just in the bathroom peeing, 
and um probably like energy loss too yeah oh yeah and then on top of that you actually so we have a bathtub here we he he asked me to do epsom salt baths Mm. so you're you're dumping into the hottest bath water possible salt to raise the temperature there and then while you're in the bath you're drinking another big you know like this you'd be drinking i'm not kidding you probably 50 of those a day and and it would just be like you have no choice you you just you got to get it done but if you look at it that way you're screwed so you got to go get a big so like the water cooler jugs right the big blue ones yeah 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 that's like i'd be drinking you know mammoth mugs yeah yeah i I drank 20 24 liters 20 28 liters a day (laughs) So just about, and it was just like, it was funny. I'm just like, I don't, like, don't people die from water consumption, yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, so I'm drinking it in the bathtub. And I remember, like, I remember breaking down on the second show specifically, like, cry, like, just sit in the bathtub, just like, <laughs> it's so warm. I'm so cold. I'm, I don't like this. And, and, and I'm like, and all my friends are, like, praying that I win. And everybody's looking at, you know, just one of those, like, yeah. And, and, and my mom and dad and sister are just laughing at me, you know, like, it's okay, Cole, like you have like two days left, just tough it out. But you know, you, you got to have those weak moments cause you, it's funny, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I'll never forget how timed water was, how important Epsom salt baths were and how just different peak week was from the rest of the week. You're just stuffing your face with food. It's almost reverse psychology. It's mm-hmm. just weird. And, it, and that's what kind of messes with you. And that's why I would say bodybuilding itself for me, I'm still trying to figure out if, if that's what I want to do or mm-hmm. if it's more, you know, which identity do I want to pursue right now? Is, yeah. is, it, is it school driven? Is it career focused? Or is it, is it more one last thing of bodybuilding? Because um, with, you know, the the switch up of, of the opposite of stuff and then you, you gain weight after the show, all that stuff kind of plays out. And, and I think that that's what makes it a difficult sport too. Mm. Um, nobody sees that stuff, right? They all see yeah, the training, exactly. but nobody sees the, the diets. Uh, same as you said with when you were prepping for your show or where Switzerland, sorry, correct? Yeah. It, it's, nobody sees the, the uh, you know, not on camera stuff or the, the stuff that you do behind the scenes. Yeah. And so they think it's hard, but they really don't know. Um, and, and that's, you know, where it's like, I get respect for, for ultra endurance athletes like you, or, you know, even guys like David Goggins who just go and run a hundred kilometers for, for no reason, just crazy to me. Um, it's just, it's, it's cool to see how people operate and it's just different for everybody, which is fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if that answered the question. I yeah. Guess. So I get, to me, it sounds a lot like I follow, uh, like UFC sure. and fires and it sounds really like their weight cuts for making yeah. weight and stuff. And yeah. a lot of the same things sounds Steam like, rooms, and, yeah. yeah, it sounds like, like hell they're going through to make it there when you're on the stage. Cause you said in the peak week, you are eating more. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. do you have energy when you're on the stage? Yes, but it, it, you're so full of food too. So, um, and you have no water to digest it. Mm. So you have to pose and do all your things bloated sometimes, you know, if you're not digesting. And, and so, yeah, I think on my, just to give you perspective, I hadn't eaten a burger in like 20 weeks. And the night before my show, I had three plates of yam fries and two bacon cheddar burgers from Earl's in one meal. And I got out of there and I looked so like full of, of like, it was so cool. And then in the morning, it was it was just like I never ate before. Really? Yeah, I had I was back to stringy. My trainer goes, "Oh no, we didn't fill you out enough. We got to eat some more." And so so I pumped oh god ten or twelve pancakes into me with syrup and raspberries and and everything. And I and then okay, we, we for two hours we looked good. First first stage show was great, and then you know with COVID, everything kind of the whole show itself kind of got dislodged in terms of like how they planned it. So, so for the second hour, they had everybody get ready on stage. They're like, yep, okay, you're up next, you're up next. And then uh, all of a sudden, 
nope, you're not up. And so I've eaten my meal and I've taken my pre-workout with a little bit of water that you're allowed. And now they're saying, no, no, 45 minutes delay. And then so you're going back and you're going, okay, well, what do I do? What do I eat? And and he can't come back there because you go to the distancing, right? And so he can only kind of see me. So I walk over and he's looking at me. He's like, okay, yeah, you know what? Wait 10 minutes and then have a little bit of this. Wait 10 more minutes and then have a little bit of salt. Wait 10 minutes, have a little bit more pre-workout. And so for, for about an hour, hour and a half, we did that. And it was just, it was hard to, to kind of figure out. But, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, again, still just fun experience. Just That's crazy how... Lit, such little things can affect oh yeah because it's not maybe like you're saying you don't feel the best up there maybe no. like full but like it's all it's about fun. instead of performance maybe like it would be in hockey how you want to feel the best while yeah. you're playing it's about like how you look right 100 so it, it does matter how you feel yeah that's crazy yeah how uh so what they they spray you or they turn uh, you up and yeah so 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 my you know i was fortunate enough my my ex-girlfriend uh, girlfriend at the time, um, she worked at uh, Bronzeback, so I was able to kind of pre-tan before the show, so I didn't go from you know completely the color of this wall to 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 I don't know a dark tan. Yeah. Um, so I I went week week to week once or twice to uh, to kind of tan um, through her, um, you know, and, and did all that, and then when I got there, when the tan goes on, it goes on a lot more even, so you don't look orange. Mm. It, it helps out because the idea behind the tan is to have everybody look the same so that the as little discrepancy as possible, whether you're, you know, you're, you're Asian, you're black, you're white, doesn't matter so that everybody can look as, as similar as possible. So that when, when you're grading somebody for their physique and look, it is basically just the raw version body, of how yeah. similar are they, right? Kind of thing, body to body, not nothing else. And which, which I love, mm-hmm. I think that's a great, great, great idea behind the sports. Um, you know, of course, it still has biases, but but yeah, the tanning the night before, a lot of them too. It's they've done the shows and they've sprayed so many people. They know, you know, who's kind of going to be in the top two or three. Yeah, um, a lot of the time, and so so you hear them tell guys like, okay, that guy, okay, that guy, okay, you, okay, you. But um, it's it's awkward being being sprayed. Uh, all they give you is a little sock. Really, and I want you to think not not a sock that you or I would be wearing right now, more more one like a toddler, um, and you got to put that right on your uh, your 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 little lower extremity there, um, and and everything's got to get in the sock because they got to spray everything else. So that's, that's all you're crazy. wearing, just a sock. Your 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 ass is out, everything's out, and you're just okay. Turn around, lift the arm, and you're just like okay, hey, thanks. I think you're going to jail. Yep, pretty much. Like, and it's it's funny because you get guys and girls spraying you. It's just, and, and obviously everybody, again, body to body is different in, in that sense. So it's just like, it, it, you get guys like, um, I need a second sock or, you know, just idiots, right? Like, and, cause have a hot girl spraying in. Yeah, a second sock. It, exactly. You gotta, you gotta just kind of close your eyes and just, just hope and pray it's over quicker than it needs to be kind of thing. But yeah, funny experience for sure. I still have both my socks. Huh? I kept them. Yeah. Hanging those weren't going away anywhere. So you, you won both competitions? Um, won the first one and the overall. The second one, I won won my division and uh, came second in the uh, overall. Okay. Sorry, something's making a noise over there. I don't know <laughs> what it is. Oh, that's Pardon all me. good. <laughs> um, what could you explain uh, your, when you're talking about diet? Could you explain the actual like day to day, like how when you're leading up to it, before you get into peak week and stuff, like how how often are you? eating like what what are you eating uh i was i want to say i hate i hate going 
long periods without food mm-hmm. unless I'm going to eat big meals. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the beginning of, of prep, I always start with like six meals a day and then I'll drop to five and then four and I'll try to keep four with a snack or two. Um, but again, like I said, so I was keto. So most of my, my meals, um, I did that because again, with my back, I find, and I do have a little bit of IBS. So I found that for digestive purposes, for anti-inflammatory and, and kind of like the joint pain, um, keto just worked best for me just okay. because it was so easy to, to kind of incorporate. And, you know, for me, a lot of the things are, if you don't think about it, it's just easier. Um, again, people love, people hate keto. I'm very much a big advocate of what works for you, works for you. What, what works for somebody else doesn't work for somebody else. Yeah. And, and, you know, pick and choose, trial and error kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, keto, um, and, and I would have, so it was, you know, those Kirkland egg whites, the, yep. the blue containers, yep. I would have that, almost an entire carton of that with, um, it was my little, little concoction, because I, I, so I was barely allowed to use butter, uh, like, because the calories, right? So I would just do a little, little Pam spray in the pan so that the eggs wouldn't stick, and I would turn it on super low. I'd like dump the the whole thing in there. And I remember, because, you know, food tastes bland when yeah. you can't spice it. So so dry spice became my thing. And like my goal was to become the Gordon Ramsay of dry spice on bodybuilding. My my goal was to make sure that bodybuilding food could taste good if you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And so so sure enough, when people now, when they're like, oh, dude, I'm prepping, or my sister or my mom or friends are like, oh, dude, how'd you do those eggs? And I'm like... <laughs> I, I'm Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> yeah, sauce. exactly. And so, so for for example, like just small things like chili flakes, I found um, rather than you know, um, like a, a barbecue sauce or anything like with calories, yeah. I would rather use a dry spice like chili flakes, salt and pepper. Does wonders for eggs, believe it or not. Um, and again, instead of cheese, you, you know, you you could. You could, I would measure out cheese to the gram and just, just to have a little bit in there. And I wouldn't cook the eggs fully. I'd let them, you know, so they were, wa- like, it was just, there was things in meticulous that I did mm-hmm. that just became, okay, this worked. We're going to do this every day from yeah. now on. And so it was that. And I would say, depending on the day, between two and four salmons and two and four chicken breasts and then whatever the other one. So if I had two salmons, it'd be four chicken breasts and then vice versa. I actually didn't use protein. Um, all that much. I preferred just hormonally. I don't know. I, I, I got a lot of acne from it. The first show I did, um, I was doing like three, four scoops of protein a day. Mm-hmm. Again, because you don't know how to kind of figure out where the calories should come from. Is it whey protein too? Yeah. 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 I and I, it would be an isolate, but it's still, I don't know. It just, it didn't, didn't agree with me um, mm-hmm. as much. So I stayed away from protein. Even after workouts, it would be more chicken based food. Um, stuff like that. Whole foods. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just, I also better. There's yeah. actual nutrients and stuff in there too. Right. Yeah. Um, not to say it's bad, but again, just I'm a big proprietor of whole food versus anything Especially else. if you can have it. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, and then I remember it was, it was 150 grams of, of asparagus or broccoli or green beans at every meal. Um, and then I could pick every, uh, any protein I wanted to. So it could be, it could be ground beef, ground pork, turkey, chicken, ribs, steak, salmon, yada, yada, yada. And then at about 10 weeks, you lose, you, okay, he goes, okay, pick two proteins, they're going. Pick, two, pick a veg out of the three, they're going. Pick one of your snacks so you can't have any more. Oh, okay, here we go, it's starting to go. Um, but, but for the first show I was on, the lowest I hit was 1,600, 1,700 calories. Second show I was about 26. Okay. So, because you gain muscle, yeah. your metabolism gets better, right? And so, so that was kind of nice. I will say I didn't feel the fatigue as much on the second mm-hmm. show. Um, and it was weird because I went so deep, into the training there like that one i didn't cheat on one almond didn't cheat on one tomato not one slice like my friends were were almost ready to just to wring my neck because it was it was it was too much for them almost you know yeah 
but you know, again, worth it. It was something to be so cool to, to be never felt that way before about something. So it was interesting. So disciplined. And yeah. Yeah. Didn't question it. It was just like, okay, last show was close. I almost didn't win that show. Yeah. This show, I, I'm not leaving anything to chance. And yeah. it was just like swip, switch flipped and yeah. So you're, how tall are you? Just under six, three, six, three. Yeah. And you're on that for second competition. What was your weight on stage or at the start? Uh, on stage. I believe we peaked so, I want to say at the lowest of the low in training, I never got below 200. I was 202, and I want to say on stage day, I was 209. Okay. So seven to uh, seven to nine pounds of, in a, in a three-day window where you gain weight, water, yeah. food, all that stuff, you're filling out again. Okay. And what was your body fat percentage, do you know? I do know to an extent, um, I broke the body fat scale at my chiropractic office. When I say broke it, I mean it physically wouldn't read lower. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Here, well, here, get up. Come here. Come on. There you go. Sorry, Nick. Uh, his scale went to four, um, four percent. Yeah. And at about week eight, it read four percent, and it just it just kept reading four. And he looked at me and he's like, "I've never seen this before." And then he googled it. Sure enough, he goes, "Okay, well, if I set it to this, it'll read it." And it, and when he said it to that, immediately the next time I measured, it went right to, to 3.5. And so, so he was just like, okay. So I think you're at a point in your, in your show where we, it's almost pointless to, to kind of corroborate it. But what was nice to do that was is um, week to week, I could see body water changes, uh, muscle mass changes. So maybe my body fat wasn't changing, but was my muscle mass being dropped? Was body water going up? Mm. Was stress, cortisol, anything like that being affected? And so that in, in a way was kind of nice too. But okay. I would say to you, I wouldn't say I was at 4%. I would say I was right around 4 to 5. Okay. Yeah, like I had I had striations in my hips, my glutes, my legs, my face. Like it, it was wild. And and that's, again, where when you're off the show after, you're like, okay, this is weird. I'm not in shape anymore. Even if you look great. Yeah. It, you know, plays with the head. What uh, What's it like after? Like I know, or thinking about, switch after a race or something for me, or hearing fighters talk, like once they're done the fight, they – eat like a ton because they they've uh been like withheld from eating it but hearing you talk about the peak week which i wasn't aware of that you'd eat so much during it do you still have those cravings once you're done the show or yeah you don't so the the rule behind peak week is no sugar okay um um, you a lot of the time like uh, guys will throw in a a glass of wine the night before okay it just dries you right out yeah um but for me the first show I put on, I want to say, 37 pounds in 10 days. Really? Yeah, like there were nights I went to bed with like heart palpitations thinking, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wake up. I have too much food in my belly right now. Like my heart's going to explode. Show two did not do that. Um, was not a healthy thing. Would not advocate for doing that. Again, you live by doing either through mistakes or, or doing it properly. And and the first show was a big, big okay. We, we, we ate way too much food it, it was experience a, oh yeah in my experience yeah a big time um and second show i i just remember i had uh because we were doing nationals after it was second show then you go to nationals in two weeks the covid unfortunately canceled it so we ended up getting to enjoy our, our food anyway but but i think that that was the big part of me being kept in check because i couldn't i knew i had another show so mm-hmm. as much as i wanted to enjoy something i remember i think after the show that day we had chinese food here and i i went to my girlfriend's at the time and uh uh, I think we ordered pizza and had a little, little, we shared a Ben and Jerry's ice cream and that was it. And my trainer the next day said, okay, go to the gym, hour of cardio, hour of the sauna, 
you're, you're going, we're going to peak you. We got to get you back down in three to four days so that you have 10 days to kind of restart peak week. And I said, okay. And sure enough, by, by the, the fourth day, water's out of your system. I looked, I would say better than I did on the other day. Cause you know, you're a little fuller. Yeah. Um, but then unfortunately COVID. I got a call from, uh, from him in that afternoon in the gym doing leg extensions. Yep. It's canceled, buddy. Yeah. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your pizza tonight. And so, <laughs> so, but, but it was good because, because the reverse after that was, was three months of, I could have a cheap meal kind of once a week um, or, you know, a refeed, I should say. Yeah. It's a better word, at least more positive for the brain mm-hmm. um, and kind of go from there. Um, and I never, never gained weight um, too, too, too much since March. Okay. So I went from November to March with very proper refeeds and then March to April did a little bit of a recomp dieted and figured out how to be healthier yeah. rather than, you know, so yo-yo kind of thing. Yeah. You know, um, with your training, you're talking about cardio and lifting was, yeah. uh, like a little bit of cardio each day. What was your train? Like, did you have certain days for certain muscle groups or? Yeah. So you'd, you'd run a split, um, you know, chest and triceps, shoulders and biceps or sorry, chest and triceps, back and biceps, legs and shoulders. Um, I, with my back, you know, I, I didn't want to hit legs too, too hard. So training into that second show that I would say to you, that was my biggest weakness was legs. And, and the, when I got on stage and, and, you know, the night before a bunch of people did, did, you know, say, Oh, you're definitely in there. Um, but it did come down to, to the legs at the end of the day. And so after that show was done, I made it a point to kind of, uh, be able to, to add more legs into the day and week but um yeah you'd be doing so i'd say to you it starts about let's say 30 minutes of cardio three days a week um and would you be running or what what was your pick, choice pick one yeah if you want to row row if you want to walk walk if you want to bike bike uh for me i like pain i much like you uh, i did stairs oh yeah so stairmaster uh and and as much as you hate it it's just better because he would say to me rather than minutes I don't care about minutes, burn a certain amount of calories. And so, you know, mm. Apple Watch, Fitbit, however you track, even just the machine. If you're, um, as soon as you hit 300 calories, get out of the gym, mm. kind of get out of the cardio. Uh, then you can go lift or if you've lifted already, do your thing. But we would do, it would be okay. You're doing abs twice a week. This was the start. It would be abs twice a week, pick the day, it doesn't matter. Cardio three times a week and then lifting six days a week. Uh, if you can, seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least active seven. Yeah. Um, but as the weeks went on, it would be okay. 300 calories of cardio would turn to five days a week of 300 calories. Uh, you'd be doing abs three days a week. And then all of a sudden you'd be lifting six days a week. All of a sudden the cardio was now five days a week staying there. And he would go, okay, 600 calories a day. And then it'd be abs longer. You'd be doing more and more, but because you're doing it over a slow period, yeah, you could accommodate to it. You'd still be exhausted. But the things that you started doing all of a sudden got easier. So then you were that person in the gym, at least in my experience again, you know that you've seen those guys that go in the gym and they do those stupid, they yeah. do the crazy things on like abs and, and stuff. Like, and I, so I, I was curious. I was, and so it got to the point where I was like, okay, cool. I'm that guy now. Like, this is interesting. But again, it, nothing more than the point of that. And so, yeah. but it, it would get harder and harder while getting easier and easier at the same time, if that's yeah. a way to. Yeah. Yeah, I know, same with training for me. When I first started, it was, like, I felt like, I've mentioned before, I felt like I'd be injured if I did a 10K run. Yeah. And then, like, the more work you 
do and the bigger you build your base up the more you're able to do so like the more you can do then the more you're able to do so there is a point of negative returns like i imagine when you did what was the calendar challenges that was yeah called? calendar club challenge i imagine you know day one or two great day 10 probably okay as soon as you hit into the marks of 15 to 20 you know you you probably did it was at the point where okay now i'm it's easier, but the negative return on, on, on recovery and everything was harder. I, can you, yeah, that, that was that was a mile a day on every day of the month. So day one, one mile, day two, two miles. Yeah. So if by the end of it, it was like the last day was 50K, but the day before that was 48.5K. So it if you were to just, even if you were to do 50K one day and then have like a five light 5K day, 50K, like if you did it that way, you probably would gain like a huge base and be For able sure. to recover. But knowing you finish like late night of 50 or 45 K and then next morning you're, Oh, I gotta go run another five Toes hours split, and you can't, splints. yeah. And you can't, you can't run the pace you wanted to because you're so swollen and everything. And then it was winter minus 35 and the snow up to your ankles and knees. And it's just, but yeah, I do know what you mean. It, there is a point of diminishing returns for sure. So you gotta Where, be smart. You know, like it. you feel good, but it's like, okay, at what price, do I want to take feeling good and let that go away for the look of the look or the, the performance return too, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it's like it's good to be able to do that and really dial it in for if you're like the challenge or yeah. until your show's done. And then after that, it's more like you said the weeks before, it was at least uh, uh, manageable. Like yeah. you could do it for a longer term rather than like what you're doing right before. Totally. So. When you were training like that, did you notice, and I, I, I don't know about you, but I know me, at about four weeks, three weeks, four weeks out of show, hormonally, I would notice things go away too. Like, did you notice that at all with you? Uh, hormonally, how? Like, No, you just, you're, you're pissed off at people, you're uh, tired, you're lethargic, uh, what's the word, your, uh, your drive is gone completely. Yeah. yeah, no, you, yeah, especially when you're so focused on something and dialed in, it's, you a lot of times don't have you only have energy to focus on what you're doing especially if you're yeah. training what three four hours a day and you're all every your mind's just on that right yeah so a lot of time like you hear people who say well i'm not talented i'm obsessed right and a lot of the times other aspects of your life do take a hit with that totally. but it it all depends like what point you're at and uh, I know, yeah, relationships for sure. You you might not see people, and and uh, but it goes to show your true friends are. Yeah, exactly. Because even if you don't see them, the ones that are still your, the ones after that supported you, even if you couldn't be there at the birthday or the dinner, or you were eating something different, or you were doing something different, the ones that reach out after said, "Hey, man, congratulations," or "Hey, you know, hey, buddy, hey, pal, whatever." you know that those people, regardless of of where you're at in a relationship, they're still your friends, regardless, because it's just. It's, it's, you know, I don't view it as the same and I'm sure you're very similar because when you get engulfed, you probably 30, 40, 60 days at a time, you lose people oh, yeah. and then you come back and it's like, okay, they're still there. Like, yeah, exactly. They're still around. But yeah. When I was in like, when I was in Mexico, for example, didn't see obviously was it 51 days, 51 days of riding. Yeah. So I was away for all that time. Obviously you say like hi here, there when you have Wi-Fi or whatever. I talked to my girlfriend and my parents on FaceTime. That's about it. <coughs> but yeah, I mean, the best friends are the ones where you don't see them for months at a time if you're away, and then you when off. you come back, it's yeah. right where you left off. So, totally. Yeah, it's always always good to have those people. Uh, even speaking about people like that, I was wondering, going from hockey, and I know you're NSA in specific, you guys had 
ton of guys in your program and like the camaraderie of a team sport to then going to an individual sport. I've much had the same thing with baseball and then going to triathlon train with the guys, but even more so now being in ultra, a lot of it's individual training. For sure. Um, what was it like that transition for you? Like, did you miss camaraderie and the people? And so it's, it's funny, you know, we are in a world of in 2022 and it's a touchy subject, but you know, if you don't talk about it, it's never going to get kind of solved. It's, uh, toxic masculinity is very present. And I would say to you that from the get-go for me, I, I actually never noticed any of that. Um, you know, again, whether you're a guy or, or a girl or, or however you identify it, it's, it's kind of personal preference to me. But when I was, when I was bodybuilding and started out, it, a lot of people, you know, would look at you as that, oh, you're the big guy in the gym, you're the... Meathead or something. You're the meathead, other words to say the least, of course. I'm not going to, but, but, and then you kind of open your mouth to talk, at least in my experience, because I like to think I'm a very nice guy. I'm humble, you know, but, um, you know, the the judge by its cover thing, as far as everything goes, yeah, individually, um, you're training, you're doing everything yourself, but, but the community of bodybuilding in Calgary specifically has been impeccable. The, the guys will train together, they, they hype you up, the, the, the girls, the guys, everybody, honestly. Like, I shouldn't even say guys, it's everybody in, in the bodybuilding world in Calgary. Of course, you get your outliers that aren't that way, but um, super positive vibes, super, hey, man, like, I see you're, you're competing for a show, I work out at this gym, like, let's catch a lift one day, or, or hey, um, if you need any tips on how to make things taste better, it's just stuff like that. So, so well, yeah, the, the team sport of hockey itself, you miss the locker room, you miss live with the boys and stuff like that. Um, and, and definitely the, the things that go with it, you, it's, it, it still happens. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, while you're, you're helming your own diet, you're helming your own stuff like that. It's just, you know, the days that are hard to train were the days that I noticed that the boys or the, the people that I trained with, you know, uh, to, to, to name a few, even I, I posted about them too. It's like find a gym partner. Mm-hmm. because those days that are hard, even when you're prepping and they're not, they're the reason that you're in the gym that day because they wanted to go with you too and you wanted to go with them and it's like you push each other. Keep you, know? keep you honest. Yeah, and so the camaraderie's there. The, the team is still there. It's just, just different mm-hmm. kind of... Um, Instead of all for one goal, you're all helping each other with your own goals. Yeah, and and that's the thing about, again, diet and, and, and the culture, which is why I say toxic masculinity, is I look at the, the health aspect of bodybuilding I don't think it's a healthy sport. Yeah. I, I really don't. Um, you know, you got, like, uh, myself, I've stayed natural for, for the whole entirety. But when you look at things, you know, my next show, as I said to you, am I thinking about it? Absolutely. Because if you want to be a big bodybuilder, you got to be on stuff. You got to yeah. do it. Even females, males, doesn't matter. Um, and so do I think it's healthy? No. But do I think that there's, there's a point of pushing somebody to be healthy? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the thing is I think everybody in the gym that knows something should always pass on knowledge to somebody new, to somebody old, to anybody, you know, don't walk up and, Hey bro, you're doing that wrong. Or Hey girl, like, let me give you a tip. You know, you do it properly. Be respectful. Um, maybe just mind your own business as, uh, what, what's his name? The, the big bodybuilder on TikTok says, but, but, uh, I think that it's, it's one of those things where share it because the world is, it's kind of going the other way with Mm -hmm. health. And nutrition right now, yeah. you know, it's, it's getting bigger. And, and I think that in order to, to keep it, uh, everything healthy and, 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 and all that stuff is just, just share, share, yeah. share your wealth, share your knowledge, pass it forward. Yeah. You know? Otherwise, you know, why are you in there? 
Yeah, exactly. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah. Well, did you have any uh, messages to maybe athletes coming up that, and maybe they don't, they feel like they're doing what they're doing, or maybe they obviously had something that didn't go their way and they're maybe in the spot that you were? Try everything. Whether it's, I'll start with injury. Try everything. Um, because you don't know if nothing will work if it if you haven't tried it mm-hmm. um and again maybe maybe again i'm extending a little bit but um something that i found worked for me uh, ironically enough was wim hof oh yeah the breathing you know wim yeah breathing the so cold stuff. i've been doing that for two and a half years um cold exposure yeah. and but really serious about it for the last seven months i haven't missed a day of cold exposure a day of cold showers i'll go out in the sh- in my shorts and shovel the driveway on yeah. purpose i'll breathe while i'm doing it um and I only found that by, you know, the, 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 the deep, dark portal of the internet, right? Yeah. You, you start here, you end up somewhere else. You start with cats and all of a sudden you're, you're looking up like 1940s, what happened yeah. in psychology, right? It's just weird. But um, you have to want to help yourself. And, and the only way you'll do that is, again, outsource. Look at every opinion, look at every option, look at everything um, when it comes to injury, especially with chronic, long-term, acute, short, whatever. Eventually there's going to be a cure mm-hmm. or maybe not, but at least a management um, but you are not what you are not what the doctors or whatever your injury has been told you are. Yeah. Um, because if you were, I wouldn't be a bodybuilder. I wouldn't be fit. I wouldn't be active. You know, yeah, I'm not playing hockey. I'm not doing everything I want to do. But there's something to be said of of my doctor basically told me like I'm going to be a couch potato, mm-hmm. and I believed it. And as soon as I didn't believe it, as soon as I didn't believe it, life changed. Yeah. So I would say just, just you got to help yourself. Ollie. <laughs> Sit. <laughs> Sit. <laughs> He's going to bark. Sorry. Sorry. Um, and as far as sports go, nobody's going to do it themselves but you. Yeah. Sorry. It's all good. Nobody's going to uh, do it themselves but you. Um, not your coach, not your, your trainer, nothing. Um, and so my dad's biggest thing is 15 minutes a day is what separates you from the next person. But if somebody's already doing 15 minutes, you got to do 15 more. Oh, yeah. That so makes sense. Always try to do more. Always try to better yourself. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. And, you know, I'm not the best at that, but you work at it every day. Yeah. Um, and, and whatever that is, whether it's piano, whether it's video games, find what you're good at and pursue that because it's, it's a long life. Short life, but a long, long in, you know, in our world. Yeah. And uh, a lot of what you do is, is, is going to be miserable if it's not what you're passionate about. Exactly, so yeah. Basically, what I'm saying is help, want to help yourself wherever you're at. you got to do it yourself wherever you're at. And whatever you are going to do with both of those things, make sure you're passionate about it. Sweet. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for having me. I apologize for the pop oh, at the end Oh, it's all good. A little doggo. Um, yeah. Did you want to tell people your social media and stuff? Uh, Cole Richie 6 is my Instagram. Um, otherwise, just my name, Cole Richardson, um, is pretty much everything else, but Instagram is really the only one I use. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking of going to get it back into the fitness posting content and stuff too. Um, right on. Yeah, I've always, I always enjoyed seeing your Thanks. Posts. Thanks. I'm thinking of doing another show, so. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you uh, updated for sure. Yeah, we'll stay tuned. Are you, you doing anything in the future here? Anything in the work? Um, yeah, I had this foot injury that I was just waiting to see. I don't need surgery, fortunately, Good. so... Um, yeah, I'm just kind of 
figuring out some things, but I've been swimming a lot, so hopefully doing a swimming endeavor soon, but just uh, just working through some logistics, so I'm sure I'll mention some stuff soon, but hmm. stay tuned, I guess. I will. We won't wreck anything. <laughs> right on. Well, whatever you do, you know that you got uh, my support at least. Awesome, man. I really appreciate I that. everywhere, so. Hell yeah. No, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of I course. I wasn't sure how this was going to go, but very cool experience. So yeah, no. Very interesting, so. Good to I'm just. I'm happy you're doing this, and uh, I'm happy to, to help you out, too. Awesome, And man. thanks for the exposure for me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks for it. sitting down and sharing some wisdom. Anytime, dude. So that's uh, Cumber Breeds Complacency, Episode 3, and I'll catch you on the next one. Make sure you try and subscribe, and we're doing weekly, so see you next week. Thanks, Keep man. your nasa bad. Awesome.